You're listening to Westside Church. For more information, visit us at westsideinfo.com. Hey, good morning, everybody. So good to see all of you. Uh, For those of you that prayed for me this week, I had surgery on my knee on Tuesday, and I'm progressing way better than I ever anticipated. So thanks so much. Praise the Lord. So appreciate that. Um, I just want to give a little bit more information about Easter. Uh, Our Easter celebration, there's a couple purposes for it. One is we've been going three services a weekend for quite a few years now, and we've never had a service where everybody came together at once. And so that's the main reason we said we need to get over to a big building over in the fairgrounds so we can all worship together and and everybody can say, oh, you're part of Westside, you've been going here for 10 years, never met you, nice to meet you, and you know, things like that. And so uh, the other thing, it is Easter, and uh, uh, people tend to go to church on Easter more than other times of the year. And uh, there's, an, there's a statistic that says 80% of people will come to church on Easter if you invite them. And so that's one of the reasons we have these little uh, business cards. Our Welcome Center folks are going to pass these out to you on your way out. But please take a couple of these and, and invite uh, some friends or coworkers. And uh, they'll come on out and join us on Easter as well. So over at the fairgrounds, if you've ever been to the El Dorado County Fair, there's the largest building there is the Home Show Building. And uh, that's the building we've rented. And we're going to be setting up 600 chairs. We're going to have a, 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 like a boxing arena set up for, for moms and, and little, little ones. And, uh, and <laughs> you know, sit around over there and then... And then a special place for nursing moms. And then our kids, our West Side kids, are going to take the building next door. They have a you know, full of slate of activities uh, for kids, uh, you know, preschool through uh, fifth grade. And then uh, it's going to be a great day. And then after the service, we're going to have a pancake breakfast for everybody who's there. So it's going to take a lot of volunteers. It's going to take a lot of preparation. Uh, we're well into that. If you still would like to volunteer, please Uh, let them know at the Welcome Center, and they'll get you plugged in on one of the teams. Uh, But, you know, around the side by Raley's, there's the main entrance into the fair on the side there. So on Easter morning, you just drive right in, and there'll be some friendly folks right out there at the street to greet you and then point you all the way in uh, to get into the building, get into the right spot. It's going to be very easy to get to and very easy to do. It's just one service at 10 a.m. And, uh, you know... We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus actually every Sunday because the early church started meeting on Sunday mornings. And and um, I know that there's some stuff out there. I just want to say this as pastor of Westside that uh, I don't want to get caught up in whether Easter used to be linked to a pagan holiday. That's not what we're celebrating. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just like you celebrate somebody's birthday when you have a birthday cake and candles, because that originated by worshiping the moon god. And so you can link anything on this world to something that is evil and wicked, because we live in a fallen world. And so that's not what we're celebrating. We're celebrating the resurrection of Almighty God, Jesus Christ, who was raised on that day. So I just, just if anybody says that, don't argue with them, don't fight with them, just say, we're worshiping Jesus and celebrating the resurrection. And uh, it's not about all this commercialism. You know, you can enjoy the little chocolate candies and stuff, but don't get caught up in that stuff. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so enough said about Easter. 
Let's see if I wanted to say anything else. Yes, um, I did. The elders of this church, Westside Church, because this is such a big deal, and because we are praying for people to come to know Jesus that day, we're praying for people to get plugged into a local church if they're not already plugged into a good Bible-believing, Christ-honoring local church. We're praying that marriages will get restored and that people uh, will get restored uh, to their families and relationships and friendships. We're praying for all those things. We want to take that seriously, so we're calling the church to fast and to pray. And so we do this probably, we probably have prayer and fasting once or twice a year on average, but it's a big deal. Fasting is going without food, all right? That's what that means. And so it's for a certain length of time. Usually it's for a day. Uh, you get up in the morning and you drink water or, or, or whatever. And then maybe later on in the evening after the sun goes down, you can have something light or, some, or whatever. Be wise. If you're a diabetic, if you're pregnant or something like that, and you need to take a little sustenance during the day. If you're a, a manual laborer and you need 8,000 or 15,000 calories a day, please don't faint and those kind of things. But the idea is that it costs you something. And I've actually heard people say, I'm giving up green M&Ms today, and that's my fasting. I'm going to give up. You know, it's a big deal. No, make it cost you something. So normal fasting for most people is going without food uh, for the day. And so, and then you're praying for those things. You're praying for that Easter outreach. You're praying that things will go smoothly. You'll be praying that Jesus will be lifted up and magnified. Amen? So that's what we're doing. Pick one day between now and Easter, and as a family or as an individual, pray. And I'm trusting that... Every day, there's, you know, there's only about 22 days left uh, until Easter that every one of those days will be covered between a church of our size. Amen? All right, so we have a special treat this morning. Uh, Terry, who is a gift to this church, uh, often underutilized, is going to be preaching this morning, and she's going to be sharing, uh, uh, continuing on on the message, the series that we started on the kind of jer- church that Jesus has in mind. And so I'm very excited. She's got a great message. Father, I pray that you'd anoint Terry, uh, fill her with with Holy Spirit power. And I pray that yes. you would anoint her words, that she would uh, speak as if you were speaking to us, and that we would hear and receive as if you were speaking to us. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Hello. Hello, my friends. It's good to be here. Um, I'm praising God that he healed Steve up really, really fast because he's a terrible patient. (laughs) It's not that he requires care. It's that he won't let me give him care. And so he's out trying to take the trash cans out and doing all this stuff. I have to constantly watch him and say, don't do that. Let me do it. It's going to come back to bite you. And it hasn't yet. So, and it won't. Thank you. All glory to God. (laughs) Um, I told God a long time ago that um, if he gives me a chance to proclaim Jesus, I will say yes. So I don't have to think about it. I don't have to pray about it. It doesn't matter what my schedule is. It doesn't matter um, what's going on in my life. That decision has already been made. And so I love the opportunity to proclaim Jesus. And when Steve asked me to preach, I said yes. And I appreciate the wonderful privilege it is to stand here before you and uh, talk to you this morning about with the church that Jesus had in mind. Last week, Steve started with um, the church Jesus had in mind, and a church, which is a church filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And we cannot live victorious Christian lives without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? God never meant for us to live victorious lives without the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. He left and he said, I'm going to send you another helper. When Jesus ascended, I'm going to send you another helper. And that's the Holy Spirit that you can rely on. This week on Wednesday Night in Leadership, I shared a little bit about my testimony of uh, Steve and I were in a car accident a little over three years ago, and um, I got my eyes off of Jesus, and I fixed my eyes on my injuries and my circumstances, and um, I did not spend that time. I did not spend that time in intimacy with him, and I got all messed up. And uh, I was trying to continue on and do everything that I was doing, all everything that's on my plate, in my own strength. And that worked for a little while. And then I went crashing down and in, a, in a blob, a catatonic blob, sitting staring out the window. <laughs> and she was putting worship music on and um, making me playlists of the same song over and over and over so that I'll uh, get it into my spirit. And um, uh, I finally realized that I need... You know, after all these years I've been saved, that I realized that I cannot live a victorious life without the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. I cannot do it in my own strength. I can't do anything in my own strength. Anything that's um, good in me is because of Jesus and relying on the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. So we need that. And what Paul said was right on, that we need that intimacy. We need to grow deep, deep, roots with God and it requires time so our lives are a reflection of that time and that love and that relationship and friendship with God so this week I'm going to talk to you about the church Jesus has in mind demonstrates Christian fellowship and so let's read the passage in Acts it's Acts 2 42 to 47 And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And that's such a wonderful picture of the church that Jesus has in mind, that closest together, that worshiping him, and that new babies are coming in all the time that are receiving Jesus. So at Westside, we try and keep things simple. And we have three main gatherings, and that is our worship services, whether it's Thursday night or the two on Sunday mornings. And then we have small groups where we meet together in homes for fellowship and breaking bread. And then we have prayer. So we have an all-church prayer meeting on the first Wednesday at 6.30. But that's not the only prayer we do. Every gathering has prayer, and we should be praying in our homes, in our closets, in our gatherings, and our home groups, and, and everywhere we go, because we desperately need him. I grew up as a pastor's child. My dad was a pastor, and he wasn't just a pastor. He was a Baptist pastor, and he wasn't just a Baptist pastor. He was a conservative Baptist pastor. 
And that was very, very important in our circles. I don't know how many Baptists we have here, but they're wonderful, wonderful people. And I learned the word of God. And uh, so I had a very clear understanding as a little girl of what fellowship was. And fellowship was something that took place next door in the fellowship hall. It wasn't the sanctuary, which we call the main auditorium because we know that the sanctuary is in our hearts when we receive Jesus and, and he dwells in our sanctuary. And so we don't have a place that's a holy place except in here. But we would go to the, the room next door and have fellowship. And fellowship was fun and laughter and games and a big old potluck and lots and lots of food that you probably shouldn't be eating and it probably has sat out for way too long. But uh, lots and lots of fun and games. And uh, if you ever need games or ideas for games for home group or youth or anything like that, talk to a Baptist. They know the game thing. It's really, really good. So anyway, I praise God for my upbringing and for my dad who loved Jesus passionately. And he taught us to love Jesus and to tell others. My dad was, he would walk through the airports. He would, the, the people in security, he'd say, do you know Jesus? And uh, he'd, be, he'd be on the phone on a business call. Do you know Jesus? Who is Jesus in your life? And um, yeah, I had a great, great example in my dad. So I want to go a little bit deeper and the biblical definition of fellowship, Christian fellowship, which is koinonia. And koinonia can be described in many, many ways. It's to share in common. And we're not just sharing anything, but we are sharing in common our relationship with Jesus Christ. We have received and accepted and confessed that we were sinners worthy of death, and Jesus lived a perfect life. God sent Jesus to, live a, to come to earth and live a perfect life so that he could be the sacrifice that could pay for our sins on the cross. Yes, yes. And it's called the finished work at the cross. And it was finished at the cross. And when we receive him and what he did, then our sins are forgiven and we can have right standing with Almighty yes. God. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So it's not just anything that we share in common. It's this wonderful relationship and status as children of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So that's what we share in common. It's becoming one in worship and loving and caring. It's spiritual intimacy where we're close and we grab each other's arm, we lift each other up and and we uh, share with one another our highest highs and our lowest lows. It's a partnership of the mutual benefit of those involved. It's contributing and sharing and participating. It's suffering together sometimes. And it's celebrating together sometimes. It's arm in arm. It requires time spent together. Intimacy with Jesus requires time requires time in his presence, taking that time with him. Uh, Christian fellowship requires time with one another and fellowshipping, spending time together. And the whole purpose that we share and that we actively participate in this thing called Christian fellowship is for the glory of God, to make his name great and make his um, name known for the glory of God. 
So um, in Jesus' high priestly prayer, he prayed that they would be one. And so we're together in unity for a purpose to lift up the name of Jesus and to go out and to tell. But it's active. It's active. We're active together. Now, Westside does that really, really well. We're close and um, we, we have fun and we um, share each other's burdens. We pray for one another. We support each other. We lift each other up. But that's not what we worship. We don't say, oh, worship is a great church. They are so close and they're so wonderful. But we say, Jesus is great. Jesus is great. And because of our relationship with Jesus, because we love Jesus, then we can love one another. And then the fellowship is so sweet. So the establishment of the church occurred. And this wonderful fellowship began out of the natural outworking of the Holy Spirit coming on believers. As they met together, as they loved one another, as they were in unity to accomplish God's work work and will on the earth. It was active, an active faith. Paul says in Ephesians 3, 8 8 to 11, Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church, to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. So the church is the instrument used to display the splendor, to display the magnity of Almighty God, to display His glory. So what does fellowship look like? Number one, fellowship looks like this. We all participate. We're all part of it. 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 and Romans 12, 4 to 6, they all have something in common. They're talking about the body of Christ and how we work together. And it says things like this. Every member of the body is necessary. We all have spiritual gifts. We belong to each other. We all have a place and a part to play. You need my gifts and I need your gifts. No one person can do it alone. So we belong to one another. 1 Corinthians 14.26 says, Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, another will interpret what is said, but everything that is done must strengthen all of you. So when you leave your, our gatherings, whether it's small group or our weekend services or uh, prayer, all of you will be strengthened. And it's a picture of a beautiful tapestry. And if you could picture threads and different colors and different textures and all woven together, each one different, each one individual, and yet together, working together, make this beautiful display. And, or an orchestra, or a symphony. We're all playing different instruments, but we're all playing it to his tuning fork, and it's, it makes a beautiful, beautiful symphony. So what does it look like? Number two, we give and we receive love. I love this one. I love love. 
The fruit of receiving Jesus is showing our love to others. The great commandment says that we love him. We love him first. And because of that, then we love others. First, our John thirteen thirty four. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Romans 12.10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Devoted, honor one another above yourselves. That should be a detectable love. You might think you're loving people, but you're hiding it in your heart. You're hiding it away from them. You know, I love you, but you don't tell them. But in a detectable way, they should know in a detectable way that you love them. 1 John 4.11 says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love each other. That doesn't sound like an option to me. John 13.35, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So in Christian fellowship, we learn to love one another. Sometimes it doesn't come naturally. We all come from different different families, different history, background. We, we see the world with different glasses, with different filters. In Christian fellowship, we learn to w- love one another. Uh, in one of the commentaries I was reading this week, it said, here's a quote, the body of Christ is God's great classroom of the development of Christian character. Do we ever rub each other wrong and sandpaper and all that stuff? We learn to love each other. And we work through disappointments with one another and even offenses in a godly manner so that God gets the glory. Sometimes there will be disappointments. Whenever you have uh, more than one person, there could be an offense. There could be, (laughs) there's an opportunity for a disappointment. But we learn to forgive and work things out in a godly manner. Matthew 18 and Matthew 6 are very clear about that, that we forgive. We forgive, and we forgive, and we forgive, and we continue to forgive. We learn to extend grace. It's not an option. And here's the sad thing is we need to be coming in here, being strengthened, equipped, discipled, and trained to go out there and share this wonderful Jesus that we've received. And so many times we're caught up with taking care of relational failures that take place in in the church, in the body of Christ. And As fast as we can do that, let's do that. Let's take care of those things. As fast as something comes out of our mouth and we realize that, oh, maybe that didn't come across wrong. Maybe the delivery wasn't that great. Maybe that was a little harsh. Go and you can't take it back, but you can go and say, I'm sorry. I I didn't intend to make that come across that way. So deal with it and move on with stronger relationships. And gold is put in the fire and it becomes liquid and it bubbles and all the impurities come out, come come to the surface. And then it's even more pure and stronger. And then it's heated up again and more impurities come out. But uh, those relationships are strong. When we go through things together and then we work them out, we deal with them right away and then our relationships become even stronger. The church is the atmosphere where love can be tested and proven. So, stay. Stay. Unless God clearly has told you to go. (laughs) And we are talking about going this year, right? So God will clearly tell some of you to go. (laughs) 
And we know that that is for all of us to go in our hearts to everywhere we go in our spheres of influence. But unless God clearly says, I'm moving you here, stay. Work it out. Work out those relational issues. Grow your roots down deep in Christian community. This is where God, this is the incubator. This is the, um, what do you call it? The, where plants grow? The um, greenhouse. This is the greenhouse. <laughs> you win. Um, this is the greenhouse where it's worked out. And uh, we stay together in this wonderful thing called Christian fellowship. What does it look like? Number three, we're in it together. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And that day is when we see Jesus. Either we die and go to be with him if we received him as our Lord and Savior, or he comes back to get us. So we all have that hope of looking forward yeah. to that. So, um, but we need each other. We need each other. And Christian fellowship is not meant to be an option. It's all throughout the New Testament. First John 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light, that's we have fellowship with Jesus. As he is in the light, we have relationship. Because we have fellowship with Jesus, we have relationship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So remain attached to the body. Remain attached to this life, blood flow, life-giving blood flow of the body of Christ because you're going to die out there by yourself. You could, you'll be okay for a little while, but, um, but God never meant us to be alone. And I believe that isolation is such a tool of the enemy. And the more that you don't want to be together, the more you need to be with the body of Christ. And if you're laying in bed with your comforter, that comforter is not going to comfort you. The Bible says that when we come together, we are comforted, we are strengthened, and we are encouraged. And you are not going to be comforted and strengthened and encouraged at home by yourself with the comforter over you. And, oh, I had a horrible day. I'm depressed. I feel awful. God wants us together to encourage one another, comfort one another, and strengthen one another. So here's what you do is you turn over and you roll, 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 roll till you fall out of bed on the floor. (laughs) And then you crawl to your closet. You throw some clothes on. You somehow find the keys. You get in the car. Oh, put your legs in. Turn on the engine. (sighs) Drive. Okay, God, keep me safe. Get here to church. You park, you open the door, you fall out of the car, you army crawl across the parking lot, and you get through those doors, and you receive encouragement and comfort and strengthening. And then when you walk out these doors, you walk out with your shoulders back, your head held high, and yes, I met with Jesus. And I was encouraged 
by those that I'm in Christian fellowship with. And you don't walk out those doors saying, oh, why did I get up? Why did I do that? Why did I come here? It was horrible. You, you will never do that. I promise you, I guarantee you that. And if you think you will, don't tell me. <laughs> um, so we sharpen one another. Our iron sharpens iron. We see a demonstration of God's faithfulness. When you see other stories and you see their lives changing, it increases your faith. It strengthens you. It's like, wow, I love this. When there's new salvations, it's such a wonderful thing. And um, I remember the day when Jeff and Janelle Naluka came to, they started coming to the church. And the day that they went to the back and told Steve that they received the Lord. And that very day, we, had, we started a 101 class, and that's Westside's, the closest thing that Westside has to a membership class, and where you, you, know, you find out what we're about, and if you want to say, yes, I'm, I'm part of this family. And so before the class started, I think Janelle was flitting about like a social butterfly, and <laughs> I said to Jeff, I said, Jeff, I heard what you did. You received Jesus today. And he goes, oh, you heard about that too? And... Uh, I looked at him, I said, Jeff, this is the best day of your life, the best decision you could have made. And I said, we live for this. We live for this. I mean, of course, we live for Jesus, but we live to see lives change. That's why Steve and I moved up here 16 years ago. That's why we have leaders that come, and that's why we have people that open up their home for small group. We live to see lives change. It's encouraging. And Jeff kind of, he kind of started getting the significance of this, but, you know, and then began to learn as months went on what the true significance of this was. And he just kind of looked at me, and I got tears in my eyes, and he got tears in his eyes, and and we had this moment. And uh, we're coming up to the first anniversary of Jeff going to be with the Lord, and he died of a heart attack almost um, a year ago. But because of that day... Because he said yes to Jesus. He is with the Lord. And, and so that's got to strengthen you. That's got to build up your faith. Does that build up your faith right now? Do you hear that story? <laughs> that's why we fellowship. That's why we get out of bed and army crawl through the doors. Sometimes there's a crisis of faith. We don't understand something that's happened. It's like we begin to question. We've got to hold on to what we believe and not be, and not be wavering and not be shaken. But sometimes we can grab each other and say, listen, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, who for the joy set before him, which was you receiving him, endured the cross. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He is good and he is faithful and he has a track record in your life and he brought you this far and of course he will surely take you all the way we stand together we encourage one another so here's the application today is um the first point was we all participate so there are opportunities of service we're doing stuff together for his glory and so um if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are what are your natural abilities what do you love to do We've got lots of opportunity. We've got an awesome nursery led by Amanda. And there's babies out there that, that need to be cuddled and held and rocked and changed. And uh, if you've got the grace for that, it's an awesome, awesome thing. 
uh, Westside Kids, uh, led by Tyler and Kylie Faria. They're doing an awesome job. They're building this amazing team of people for the glory of God. So, so these kids know at an early age that Jesus loves them and that he's got a plan for them. If you're interested in that, um, see the Welcome Center, and uh, you can sign up for that training that's coming up in a couple weeks and check it out. We've got junior high that's meeting right now. There's cr- they're crazy. They're crazy at that age. You have to be crazy to lead them, but maybe that's you. <laughs> we've, got <a> great <laughs> we've got a great team, Matt and Hillary and Kenny, that do such a great job of leading our junior high kids. And, and then we've got youth. And I'm so thankful for great leadership on our, our youth, Logan and Amanda and Mike and, and uh, Kelly and then uh, several others that have, that have pitched in. But um, I remember 16 years ago, Steve and I moved up here from Southern California, and at that time we did everything. We, you know, we were raising up and training and, uh, leaders and releasing them. And so we started the youth group. And so we had this, you know, this handful of, of young people, awesome young people who are now married and uh, have babies. And uh, so we had this overnighter at our house, and we're sitting at our kitchen table, and we're playing cards with all these kids. And Steve and I look up at the same time, our eyes meet. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and we say, what are we doing? But we, we can't do it now. <laughs> At, after that point, we can't do it. So, um, so I'm so thankful that there are those who do it. <laughs> and then we've got all kinds of stuff. Campus monitors, hospitality, greeting, all the stuff that they do. They, they hold this place together. We've got sound and tech and worship and maintenance and grounds, office volunteers, tons of stuff. We've got outreaches. We feed the hungry and we've got safe families and we've got Mexico outreaches and other outreaches and we go. What's God called you to do? What's your next step? What's he called you to do to be connected and, and be working with us on this great mission of giving, of bringing glory to God? Number two, we receive and we we give love. Our worship gatherings, that happens. Our first Wednesday prayer and leadership, that happens. All gatherings, that happens. But it mostly happens. The best way that it happens is in our small groups. Christian fellowship is demonstrated and it thrives in small groups. It's a place where you can know others and be known. And that's difficult to do in a larger gathering, to really have that intimate time. We go through births together and deaths together and and graduations and parties and kids games and joy and sorrow and hospitalizations and all kinds of stuff we go through together and and become close and knit together there's accountability there's protection it's a beautiful beautiful place if if you're a small group leader you host a small group or you are co-leader or whatever would you just stand up and let's see the ones that are in this service Thank you. We had a whole lot more at the other service too, but um, a whole lot of love and care takes place in these, in the, in these homes that are represented by these people. Um, discipleship takes place in small groups. And we do life together. So get in one. 
<laughs> Get in one. <laughs> Lots of opportunity. Uh, and you know what? You not only receive love, but you get to give love. You know, we've got all this love. God loves us so much. We've got all this love brewing up. It's got to come out. <laughs> Let it spill over. <laughs> you not only get to receive love, but you get to give love to others that are around you. So number three, we're in this together. We need each other. If somehow you have been hurt in the past by the church, by a leader, by other people, and it's been difficult to get over, and I'm not discounting your hurt or your pain or your experience, but I encourage you to extend forgiveness and go on. And uh, we don't have enough time to hold on to disappointments and hurts. We just don't have enough time. We've got such a big job to do together. And let's, let's move on and do what God has called us to do. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And uh, yeah, there's been opportunity for hurt. But we've got to forgive and we've got to move on. And 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Can we believe all things about one another and endure all things and believe all things and stay a healthy body here at Westside? Deal with those things immediately. Deal with those hurts and then move on and believe the best about each other. We cannot live victorious Christian lives without Christian fellowship. I absolutely believe that statement. And God did not mean for us to live without Christian fellowship. He created that for us. It's for our good and to, uh, to go forward in Him, to grow and to um, stay healthy so that we can touch a dying and a lost world that desperately needs Jesus, desperately needs to hear from him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for um, this wonderful, wonderful avenue that you've given us, Christian fellowship, Lord. Thank you for the love, the capacity for love that you've given us, Lord. It comes from you. You created it. You designed it. You stamped your DNA on us that we can love others. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity. And God, we want to move past hurts and, and uh, resentment and unforgiveness, Lord. We want to just pull that seed out right now. And we want to say we want to go forward. We want to go forward into all that you've created us to be and do. And, Lord, um, I pray for those that need to be connected, Lord, and to begin to serve. I pray that you would open a door, that they would know um, clearly what you've called them to do. And, Lord, we ask that um, home groups, Lord, would just flourish, God, and that we'll even have more and more and more home groups, that our home groups would grow, that we'd get in them, Lord, that we would uh, disciple one another, uh, pray for each other, serve one another. And, Lord, all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you, Matt. I don't know if you guys noticed, there was an emphasis, one more time, on get connected. Matt, get connected.
Give me a boom. There you go. All right. So that's a great message. So vital that we stay connected with one another. So let's stand. Let's worship Jesus. Find your next step. I tell you what, there is a next step for each and every one of us. We're all part of this thing called advancing the kingdom of God. Uh, we have our uh, baskets up in the front and the back for our love gifts, tithes, and offerings. Do as the Lord's called you to do. No more, no less. Walk in obedience. We also have our communion elements. Uh, the, the crackers represent uh, Jesus, he said, on the Last Supper before he was crucified for our sins. He said, this is my body. This represents my body, which was... Uh, which I'm giving for you so that we may all have eternal life. Without that broken body, we wouldn't have it. So we need to remember that, and we need to spread that. And then also he took the cup, and he said, this is the new covenant. And, and so when, when we've accepted the need for his forgiveness, we've entered into a new covenant that lasts forever with him as his sons and daughters. And so we need to remember that. He says, do it as often as you will. Remember what Jesus has done for you. So let's worship Jesus.